Welcome to another episode of the Playlist Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Barfield. And for this episode, I'm sharing a recent interview I conducted with none other than Clayton Cardenas, one of the stars of FX's acclaimed motorcycle action drama, Mayans MC. Last year around this time, I spoke with Mayans co-creator and showrunner Elgin James, so my love of the series is well-documented. And that interview came at the end of season three, which featured one of the most suspenseful cliffhangers in recent TV history. Now I have Clayton Cardenas, who plays Angel Reyes in the series, to discuss the aftermath of that cliffhanger and the beginning of season four. And honestly, if you've seen the first couple episodes of season four, you know Mayans MC is firing on all cylinders right now and doesn't seem to be letting up one bit. In the interview, we discuss where season four is heading, including the inevitable showdown between the Mayans and the Sons of Anarchy, which is a battle that has seemingly been building for years now. And we also talk about where Angel finds himself this season, which is not necessarily a great place to be. But before I get to the interview, I got to tell you the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, The Discourse, Bingeworthy, and more. If you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your favorite shows. Okay, so here's my interview with Clinton Cardenas, star of Mayans MC. And don't forget, you can watch new episodes of Mayans each Tuesday on FX. Trust me, folks, you need to watch this show. Enjoy. Cool. You ready to talk about some Mayans? Let's do some Mayan stuff, man. All right, cool. So huge fan of the show. Last year, I got to interview Elgin, uh, who's great. And one of the things uh, that he talked about last year was the finale of season three, which ends on a cliffhanger. And he basically told me he was like, you know, I have no idea how I'm going to write myself out of this corner. Right. And then season four opens up and you guys pick up right where it left off and you deliver to, in my mind, what might be the best episode of the series. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I was getting like serious like Game of Thrones vibes from like yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. yeah the wall and all that. It was great. So when you come back from a hiatus and you're asked to jump right into the thick of it, were you just like secretly hoping that maybe you would have like one episode to kind of get up to speed before you have to like hit the ground running like that? <laughs> no, I think as an artist, I mean, you know, we 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 live this story just like the audience does. So I think we we definitely wanted to serve that ending or we wanted to resolve what we last saw for sure um because as actors man and i can only speak for myself but personally you know i love the action uh because when you when we don't have these heavy action days it can be not challenging but you can you know there's a lot of sitting around there's a lot of uh waiting for your turn so when you have these big action scenes when everyone's involved um you have to shoot these scenes in in um when you have these big scenes, when everyone's involved, you have to shoot it in quadrants. So that means everybody's on the stage or on the set and uh, has how Algen shoots, he'll shoot this one corner first. He'll start from I don't know, right to left or left to right, but he shoots this quadrant, blah, blah, this corner, this corner. So as I'm watching each thing being shot uh, as a fan, I, it, it was it was just so cool, man. It's just so cool to see everybody so involved and so understanding of the moment and so just like eager to show what they can do. So it was really fun. It was really exciting. I I, I remember being on the day shooting it and just being so attached to the story um, and being so just like interested in what's happened. I was like, wow, I was just in awe. And I was like, wow, if I'm having this feeling right now. 
while we're shooting it on the stage where there's fucking camera and like, you know, there's all these other people that aren't involved in the story. You know, if, if I'm that interested in the story, I couldn't imagine. I was, I was so happy for the audience to see because, you know, when you see it all put together um, with the sound and the music behind it, wow, that really adds, you know. So you, those type of days and these type of episodes, we're eager to shoot as actors. And I don't know, man. I think, I think, I, I don't, I think, I, I'm, I hopefully, I feel what we saw, what I saw, what I felt on the day was delivered to the audience. I think it was for sure. Um, and, and going back to the resolution that, that whole episode, because uh, it's, it's kind of good that FX was doing two episodes on, on premiere night, because that first episode's so intense. You almost do need a little bit of a breather. And the second episode kind of sets the stage, um, which is nice. But when you guys ended season three and, and it ends on this cliffhanger, did you like have any idea how it was going to resolve or are you just hoping that this guy's got a plan? We did not know how it was going to resolve. Uh, at the end, of, as, as the actors, we had no idea. Um, I don't think we really, as an actor, I don't know what, what, how much Elgin knew, but he didn't uh, give us this information until maybe, I want to say two months before we started shooting. And, you know, we obviously, going off the end of season three, we obviously knew that there was going to be a there was going to be consequences for our actions. You know, there was, we were probably heading into the civil war amongst the Mayans, uh, but we did not know how it was going to be resolved until Elgin had <laughs> graciously told us about two months before. Yeah. Did so, I answer your question? I'm sorry. No, it does for sure. And, yeah, and you right, brought right. up, you brought up something that I, so for fans of the show may not know this, but there was a, a change behind the scenes between seasons two and three with Elgin taking full control of the series. Mm -hmm. And one of the things when I talked to him that I noticed uh, is that season three and now season four seems to deal a lot with consequences. And you, you said that, you know, there's, there were consequences to these actions and it seemed to, the show seemed to shift from this like fun pulpy biker gang show to like, no, all these killings, all these drugs that we peddle, all this has consequences. Did you notice that on, uh, on set going into season three and now season four, that there was this shift kind of, uh, I, I don't want to say it was like a huge shift in tone, but it, you could feel it. I think. Well, I think when you, amongst, you know, when you have one storyteller, uh, that has a certain tone, um, and then the shift to another storyteller, you know, you, when it goes from Kurt to Elgin, there's definitely an obvious shift. Um, I think with the, not the challenge, I think the worry was, was like, was that going to be too, uh, was a juxtaposition going to be too dramatic for the audience to really like lose taste in it? So I think there was a, a graciousness going from uh, season two to three, uh, you know, from Kurt to Elgin. Um, but for, as an actor, yeah, of course. For me, there was an obvious there was a noticeable change in tone and artistic storytelling. Yeah, I think Kurt had his way of telling a specific story and, you know, he had his way of tone and like, I keep repeating this, I'm sorry, but I think when we moved to Elgin, I think he wanted to get into the more, uh, maybe the, the reality of what would happen in these situations in everyday life, you know, I think there was, there's obviously amongst this subculture, there's these consequences amongst the clubs that maybe Kurt wasn't really touching on. And Elgin just really dug deep into it. He's, he, he's staying, he's standing firm. You know, he doesn't want any fluff. He doesn't want any gloss. He just wants to get into the real realistic grittiness of this type of culture. 
it's it's funny you you mentioned the realism when we were watching the episode my wife and I are huge fans and my wife oh, said cool. my wife said easy come up with the plan what's the plan you know yeah. and, and that, right, right, because right. previously when you watch sons when you watch the first two seasons of mine easy had a plan there was always a plan and this right. wasn't the plan was there was no plan and that was there like a major no part of that that episode so i yeah i thought that just added to the intensity too because you didn't know you know, so I you think don't yeah, know. and you, when you stay true to the unknown, and you you don't you don't run away from it, you lean into it. You're like, wow, we don't know what to do. Um, you know, I think the audience they fucking understand that they they're like, yeah, I've been in these situations where I had no idea what to do. You know, so I think seeing that put into your face and shining a light on on the unknown feels really. I I think the audience understands that to the core. Yeah. So I want to get to the relationship uh, between Angel and Easy, uh, you and, and J.D. Pardo. Uh, yep. For the first couple seasons, especially, Easy was straddling that line between the MC and trying to escape. Now it seems like Angel is now straddling that line because he's got, you know, a kid on the way and all that mm-hmm. uh, with with Easy like fully invested. Yeah. Is that something you think was inevitable that the the tables would turn like that? And do you think that you know, without spoiling anything, just your honest take. Do you think that these guys have a happy ending, a normal life ahead of them? Well, I don't I don't know if that was the inevitable to answer you the first part of your question. I don't know if he really viewed Easy as becoming such an asset to the club as he's become. I think he saw him in the beginning, I think he saw Easy Angel saw Easy wanting to just be with his be involved with his brother, you know. He made he made some bad decisions in the past, and now he's you know he's coming out of prison, and he needs he wants to be involved. And I don't know if Angel really saw what it's what it's evolved into. Um, you know, I think he's actually in this moment he's kind of in awe of Easy's ascension, but also he's very taken back and kind of fearful fearful of his uh, comfort with his power now I think that kind of he that you know he's standing back now and he's like wait 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 I, I wasn't expecting this to happen I'm not sure if I like what's happening wow and in this moment now it forces Angel to put a mirror up to himself he's like wow my brother has become this horrible person involved with this culture that you know I didn't expect him to fully just immerse himself into so it kind of like forces Angel to be like okay wait is this is this what I want for myself I have a kid on the way. Is this what I want him to be involved with? Is this what I want my baby mother to be involved with? So I think it really forces him to really like shine the light on himself and question his choices and the choice with his brother. I'm sorry, Mike. Can you tell me the, the latter half of your question? I was just going to say, do you think that that normal life is in the cards for either of these guys? Uh, no, I think they're both very aware of, uh, this is outside of the club, by the way. I think they're both very aware of the the Reyes family curse, right. which has become a huge thing for generations in their family. So um, a happy ending, I don't know. I, I think a maybe a, a fucking just like, <laughs> just like a, a normal ending to them would be this continued chaos and they both come out alive. That's a normal ending. Yeah. Um, happy ending would be for an angel's mind is to, have the uh you know the family two and a half kids the white picket fence he that that's his normal but i don't think that's actually reality no no uh (laughs) so 
speaking about Angel specifically, he's been through quite a bit on this series mm. uh, in the four seasons, tons of emotional ups and downs. Uh, and then especially last season and this season, Elgin's really putting him through the ringer. So, you know, just to recap quickly here, Adelita's yeah. gone, leaves him kind of yeah. high and dry. He believes his, his baby's no longer with us. And now he's jumping into another relationship with another baby. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, like you said, he's watching his brother, his baby brother, like lead this kind of scary life. Right. When you see this as an actor, do you just like eat this up? Is this great for you to, to go through all 100%. these ups and downs? Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. It's, you know, you don't, I, I love for me, for myself personally, uh, as an actor, I love personally, I love going through these ups and downs because, you know, there's so much freedom in playing so many different emotions. Um, some actors have certain characters where they're only allowed to be uh, in a certain box. But I think with Angel specifically, my character, we get to go through a whole fucking array of emotions, man, because he's involved in so many different things and you're rooting for him a lot of the time and then you're, you're rooting against him you know, a quarter of the time. So as an actor, I love keeping the audience on the toes. That's, that's, a, that's so fun for me. You know, yeah. I don't get a, you never, you, as an actor, you can't get bored with that. You, you, you get to kind of a relish in, in, in keeping the audience on their toes. Yeah. So uh, as, as a guy who, who plays a character that's gone through the ringer and, and it doesn't look like season four is going to be easy on him. Do you, do you ever secretly hope to get like one episode where you get to like make jokes and kind of shoot the shit with people versus having to, I think, you know. I mean, I mean, I think Angel, I think we got to see a lot last year. I think he gets to be a lot of sometimes the comedic, comedic relief with the show along with um, the character uh, 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 Gilly. Yeah. I think those two characters are kind of like, you know, the comedic relief. And it's really funny to see these, see these guys make these jokes in these super intense situations i love that man it's so fun because you know if you've ever been through or experienced there's always been these uh if you're ever involved with like groups i'm going to speak for myself when i'm when i have groups of friends and we're going through these stressful or intense situations uh there's always this guy who makes this fucking offbeat joke or, you know, this ridiculous joke in the moment, you're like, how can you be saying this in a moment like this? So I love that we have characters on the show that are able to do that thing. Yeah. So speaking of, you mentioned Gilly, speaking of those yeah, supporting man. characters, right. uh, one of the things that we saw a lot with season three and now with season four is a lot of these guys who were really just supporting guys before and now getting elevated. We're learning more about 100%. Hank. We're learning more about Bishop, Gilly, all these guys. What 100%. is that like for you? Does that excite you in an ensemble to see these guys get the spotlight? 100%. So, you know, first off, the show's called Minds and You know, I think, I don't know, I don't know if we, we, um, people forget sometimes, but I feel like there's a lot of, sometimes there's storylines that are aside from Minds and C. And, um, I don't know. I, I personally wasn't a fan of that, but I feel like as the seasons have progressed, we get to find out more about each and every member. I'm extremely excited for that, especially for those guys, uh, Frankie, um, Rocco, Joseph, uh, you know, we're finally giving these guys an opportunity to show what they can do. And they are doing a remarkable job. You know, they've been chomping at the bit for, uh, I want to say, two or three seasons now to like show what they can do and show that they have the actual <clears throat> acting abilities to, to, 
you know, excite an audience and get them excited about the character and get involved with the character and get attached to the character and want them in, and want to know more about why their character was involved with the club, why they're staying with the club. Um, do they want to uh, remove themselves from the club? So for me, I'm extremely happy, extremely excited to see all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't spoil the rest of the season, and I'm not going to ask you to, but one of the things that you described in like one of the marketing messages beforehand was you were asked to describe the season in one word. You said destruction. I want to give you a chance oh, to elaborate a little bit on that without <laughs> revealing anything. Okay. I will say the UC Mayans MC, all, all, all charters, all chapters being destructed. Um, again, a lot of consequences for the actions from the season before, but even more so this season. Let's let's one more that I know you can't spoil. No, but no. I mean, uh, one of the 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 teases that we can't avoid in in the marketing has been the the Suns versus Mayans thing. I mean, they've been mm. the the marketing material has you guys literally like oh, Lord of so the Rings excited. style. Yeah. Um, yeah. What you see the end of the season? Oh my god! You, well, you, you can tell me now, it. but no, 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 I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that something you saw as an inevitability for the show? That that of clash? course, dude. Yeah. I think you know. I think the audience has been asking for it for uh, you know seasons now. Um, so I think we're excited to finally serve that storyline justice. And I'll say this: towards the end of the season. Uh, SOA fans will feel fully they'll they'll be fully invested by the end of the season knowing that some of their favorite characters are are back around. That's awesome. And uh one last thing I just want to ask you about TV in general because sure. we're we're kind of in this golden age of TV and I know your IMDb is littered with dude. with TV credits. So you you've been around with a lot of these shows we're starting to see like four seasons be like the end, right? Obviously, yeah, yeah. Mayans, we hope, goes for longer. What do you think about Mayans really makes it so that we can go past four seasons? Is it the constant reinvention? Is it What is it that you think about this show that works? You know, I say this all the time, but uh, I'll answer this in pieces. Uh, I think as storytellers, specifically in Mayans, we know where this ends. Uh, we know um, that we've served a full... Uh, body of arc for characters as far as actors and, and writers creators um, so I think we know where this ending is and we know that the perfect time to end is when you want the audience when the audience wants more so I'll say that about that um, regarding why people love uh, SOA and Minds man you know uh, both these audiences are fully invested and I think this is my personal opinion, and people will will say whatever they want to me about this because it happens all the time. Um, I think when you put a light on a subculture such as um, motorcycles and bike culture and an MC and club culture, I think that's always, as an audience member, it's not that it's not aware, but that's always exciting. You know, you put a light on something that it's unknown and kind of taboo, right? So an audience member starts watching the show because of that reason alone. And then once they start watching, they become involved because they see that the show isn't necessarily fully about that. It's about family. It's about brotherhood. And once they start seeing these characters, they realize these characters are like people they know or they are like themselves. And that's what keeps people hooked. 
that's that's you know that now they start fantasizing like oh i was like a so-and-so in this situation you know and that creates um talk around the water cooler to say you know that creates conversation that creates a fandom that creates a familial bonds by the way really quick side story i my one of my favorite uh interactions with the fan um i don't know where i was somewhere in la and I had this young kid come up to me. He's probably like, he was a teenager. Um, I was in a Target. That's where I was. I was in a Target in Hollywood. And this dude comes up to me and he says, hey, man, oh, love your show. Daps me up. He's like, he's like, hey. And then he walks off. Then he comes back. He's like, hey, I just want to say, like, I'm sorry. I just want to say, he's like, um, your show has created this bond with my dad that I haven't been able to talk to in about 10 years. But now that we're able to sit around the show, every Tuesday there it, it's created an opportunity for conversation and that alone man that that's the one story that's been near and dear to my heart for uh since the inception of this and that's when I realized like wow this show is bigger than just a fucking show man this is this is this means something to our culture to our people this means something to not just our culture and our people this means something to people as a general as a whole you know, people, this is creating bond. This is creating conversation. So that alone, man, I think that's why people love the show. That's why people will continuously watch the show and want to see the show more, in my opinion. I yeah. agree. I agree. Uh, and before I let you go, one final question. How do you feel about ruining Hank's life? All he wanted was a girlfriend. <laughs> hey, you had to steal her. <laughs> I, it, first of all, um, she was with me. Okay. Um, <laughs> that was her first choice. And I feel so bad watching these scenes because we all know these people, uh, men and women, you know, that, that have gone through the ringer and watched this happen. So I feel so bad for them. But I will say this. Uh, I don't know, man. Maybe he gets what he wants in the end. We don't know. Yeah. Hopefully, those, you know, we, we all wish, we all hope those guys win in the end. Yeah, though I I I hope there's an Emmy category just for phone calls just to your that, mother, because that he kills every one of those phone calls to his mom. Great? Oh my god, bro, your heart your heart is just right there with him, and you're like, yeah. oh man, I know exactly how you feel, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, thank you so much for joining me, Clayton. Yeah, it's right. been great, and uh, everybody watch Mayans. It's it's fucking great. Uh,